The Legal Corner Podcast Series. Welcome to today's episode of The Legal Corner, a podcast which covers a variety of legal issues to keep you informed. Hosted by attorney at law Colin Dinoon and communication specialist Leonardo Torres. Welcome back to the Legal Corner podcast series and thank you again for joining us. It's always great to be with you as we journey through our third season. In today's episode, we'll be looking at building referral relationships and the podcast is actually on the road. We are heading to the state of Utah in the United States of America and our distinguished guest today is Mr. Joshua Barron, Esquire, just to tell you a bit about him. He's a criminal defense lawyer based in Utah. He's won not guilty verdicts in cocaine distribution, child abuse, aggravated robbery, sexual assault, and domestic violence cases. He started his own law practice in 2009, and between 2009 and 2020, he spent nearly $2 million on Google Ads. He stopped running his ads when COVID shut down Utah's courts and hasn't turned them back on since. The transition from an ads-based business to a referral-based business was painful but rewarding. He and his wife have adopted nine of their 12 children from Utah foster care. They run a food truck together called Cups and Cakes that donates a portion of its profits to children affected by foster care. Good day to you, Josh, and welcome to Legal Corner Podcast Series. I'm happy to be with you, Colin. Thanks so much for having me on. Josh, we're going to get straight into it. Uh, Tell us, what is a referral relationship? Well, I mean, so when I started my criminal defense practice, I thought um, referrals couldn't really work in criminal law because I always thought of referral relationships as when you do work for one client and then that same client uh, refers you to someone else in the future. So like a friend or a family member who gets charged with a crime. And the challenge is that it's a lot of times embarrassing to talk about when you're charged with a crime. So I thought my best clients are probably not going to refer me to other clients. And that's been true. I I do get some referrals from previous clients, but some of my most grateful and loyal clients never refer me to future clients. Um, And what I was missing was that there's sort of two other types of referrals. One is... um, usually another attorney who um, talks to people who have criminal defense problems, but that attorney doesn't handle criminal defense cases. So then they need to refer that person to to somebody to help them. Um, And then the other type of referral relationship is someone who doesn't necessarily refer you clients, but refers you to people who do refer you clients. So it's sort of like a, a meta referral, you know, um, so for example, I, there's, I, there's a family lawyer that I know really well, and he, um, he refers me occasional criminal cases, but he also introduces me to other lawyers frequently. He's very positive when he does that. And then sometimes that lawyer that he introduces me to ends up sending criminal referrals to me. So I, I kind of think about it as three types. There's clients, there's people who refer you clients, and then there's people who refer you to people who refer you to clients. Um, all of those to me are referrals. Anytime somebody's recommending me to someone else or kind of putting their credibility on the line to recommend me to someone who could be helpful to me, um, I consider all of those to be referrals. Why is it important to build referral relationships? Well, for me, it was important because um, we were spending a ton, a ton of money on 
Google AdWords and advertising. And um, we got a return from that investment, but um, it wasn't the kind of practice that I wanted. Um, I started to realize that um, there were attorneys I knew who did not advertise at all, and they seemed less busy in a in a good way. They seemed like they had more time. They seemed that their clients. It seemed like their clients valued them more. Um, it seemed like they honestly earned more money or had more profit. And so, um, for many years, we invested lots of money in Google AdWords. And then my business partner retired in 2017. And after he retired, I started thinking about what kind of practice do I want. And I wanted to serve fewer clients, but um, for those clients to value me more. And um, referrals, there's just so many advantages to referrals. One of the advantages is when someone finds me on Google, um, there's some credibility in the fact that they found me that way, but they they can be very skeptical. And so there's a lot of energy and effort I have to put into kind of convincing them that I can help them, that I'm trustworthy. Um, whereas if they come referred by someone they already trust, that trust sort of transfers to me. And that it's it just takes way less energy and time to sign that client up. It's more probable. So there are many, many benefits for me um, in having referral relationships. Um, but they're not, it's not necessarily for everyone. Like, um, if somebody else said, no, no, I just prefer to advertise. Um, I don't think they're wrong. I don't think there's like a right way or a wrong way. It just kind of depends on what kind of practice you want and enjoy the most. As you are no doubt aware, there are many jurisdictions where attorneys can't advertise and in Trinidad and Tobago and the Caribbean region, we fall within that category. So we cannot, Mm. uh, directly advertise for for clients so we have no other choice but to do things like <laughs> depending on referral relationships i did not know that that's very interesting yeah. i didn't know that <clears throat> so what would you say are the best ways of building these type of relationships to me the best way is the way that's easiest and funnest for you um so um my grandfather is a very, very good networker. And from, uh, and it's very natural for him. He's very thoughtful. He sends books. He sends notes. He sends thank you notes. Um, he remembers everyone's name. He remembers what they talked about the last time they were together. I mean, he's just a very, very thoughtful person. And um, that's a little bit more difficult for me. I don't have that same gift. And for um, years, I kind of thought, man, I wish I was like my grandfather. Um, but um, I think that like what's easiest and most fun for me, I enjoy lunch. I just love going to lunch with people. Um, it's not that I'll go to lunch with anyone, but if I if I like someone, then I feel like I'm gonna we're gonna have a great lunch experience together. And so um, I used to kind of feel guilty by how often I would go to lunch. Sometimes I'd go to two lunches in the same day and not necessarily tell the people I was going to lunch with, like oh I have another lunch scheduled today. But um, because it you know it can be pretty time consuming, like. Um, I've had lunches that went two hours or three hours or even four hours. And um, I used to feel guilty like, oh, I should be in my office working on client matters, you know. Um, But what I've learned is that um, those lunches are actually the best thing I can do for my practice. Um, Those lunches um, create sincere, deep relationships. And sometimes that leads to referrals. And um, the more lunches I go to, the more referrals I get. Um, so if somebody else said, I'm not really a lunch person, I would say that's totally fine. 
Lunch is not the only way to do it. What do you enjoy? And if they said, well, I just love giving gifts, well, then I would say, give yourself a budget to give away, you know, 10 books a month. Or, you know, somebody said, I love writing thank you notes. I would be like, yeah, let's buy you nicer stationery and uh, like set aside time every day to write thank you notes. So kind of whatever um, relationship activity you enjoy the most is the one that you're most likely to do consistently. And the consistency is the key. So the more you do it and the more and and the more time that passes with consistency in that area, the more relationships you're going to build. Who should attend his view as potential referral sources? Hmm. I think it's a little bit of trial and error. Um, like you, you'll probably be surprised by referral sources. Um, for many years in Utah, um, there was a large kind of bail bonds community. And there were certain bail bonds people who sent me lots and lots of referrals. Um, and then there was a law change. And now there's not very many bail bonds people in Utah and they don't write as many bonds. And so they don't send me referrals anymore. And um, so something that like, as I, as I started thinking about, oh, these are my favorite clients. Where did they come from? I noticed that over and over they came from other lawyers. So I spend a lot of energy trying to um, serve and build relationships with other lawyers, including on LinkedIn. When I write on LinkedIn, I'm not trying to write so that criminals will read it because it'd be pretty weird for, you know, a cocaine distributor to be like, I wonder what, what tips Josh Barron has for me on LinkedIn, you know, uh, instead on LinkedIn, I'm writing for other lawyers. And, um, if they never hire me, quote unquote, to do anything, um, uh, based on what I'm writing on LinkedIn, that's totally fine. If it, But if my LinkedIn posts, I'm in their mind, and then they send me a criminal referral, they've sort of paid me, quote unquote, in in that relationship, you know. Um, so there's lots of ways to create value for other people and to receive that value. And uh, referral case referrals are one of the highest value ways that uh, that people um, send me kind of a, a thank you sometimes for, for service um, can be um, recommending me to a friend or a family member. At this point, we'll take a quick break and we'll be right back. Welcome back and thank you for staying with us. Uh, just before the break, you were just giving us an indication of uh, some persons who attendees can view as potential referral sources. At this point in time, I want us to shift gears a bit and I want you to tell us uh, how do you avoid a referral relationship becoming transactional? That's so crucial. It's such a good question. Um, I think that the one of the biggest obstacles to sincere referral relationships is sort of a lack of patience, trying to rush it. Um, one of my sort of self rules is I never ask for referrals. I don't, I don't ask. Yeah, I might ask for the third type of referral. I might ask like one lawyer to introduce me to another lawyer. But when I meet with that next lawyer, I never say, Hey, can you send me criminal referrals? I never do that. 
Um, and um, every now and then I'll see this question like, you know, what would you do if you needed a referral immediately, like today, to pay your mortgage? And I think that the implication with the question is, um, why aren't you doing those things? Why aren't you, you know, calling people and pressuring them and asking them questions? And to me, that's just a terrible question. Um, it's sort of like asking, like, what kind of corn could you plant today to eat for dinner tonight? Like, the answer impossible. is no corn. It's impossible. You have to be patient. You have to take your time. So I think patience is one of the huge keys. Um, the referrals will happen with the right types of people. And trying to force it or rush it is going to make it transactional. Um, I don't pay referral fees. Um, in Utah, they, it, it, there was a recent change that made it easier to pay. You can't pay referral fees to non-lawyers, but you can pay them to other lawyers. But even though that law has changed, I, I don't pay referral fees. Um, and I think that um, it can actually make it more difficult for someone to send you a referral if there's a fee involved because their motivation becomes more complicated. They may ask themselves, am I sending you a referral because you're the best person to help this person or am I sending you this referral because you're going to give me money, you know? And uh, so I think that it's really important to recognize that referral relationships can become transactional, to be patient, to not try to force it, um, and that that's going to make it easier. But anytime you're doing something that starts to feel transactional, you should stop. Um, in, in Utah, it's common for people who do a lot of business with each other to give each other kind of token gifts. And a common one is tickets to sporting events. Um, and there's a way to do that where it feels generous and kind and in service of the relationship. And there's ways to do that that feel transactional. So like if every time somebody sends you a referral, you send them tickets to a game, then they're going to kind of feel like you're basically making a trade. And that will kind of cheapen the relationship. But if you once or twice a year send them a thank you note and a gift, and you make it clear that you know it, that gift isn't conditional on anything, then that's going to build a sincere and deep relationship instead of a transactional one. So I try to be really careful and to try to notice if I'm doing something that feels transactional to to not risk a relationship. Like you can destroy a relationship much quicker than you can build it. And so you've got to be very, very careful of that with your most important relationships. Have you had any other stories that you'd like to share with us? Any bad experiences in terms of building referral relationships? <laughs> um, you know, I've been really lucky that a lot of times they've gone really well. Um, one story that comes to mind, though, is I, I had a friend who had a practice that I was jealous of. I was spending all this money on advertising and he wasn't advertising at all. And so I kind of asked him, like, hey, do you, you know, help me understand how you're doing that? And do you have any advice for me? And he said, one piece of advice he had was, he called it kind of the one strike in your out rule. He said, um, if I send someone a referral, and then the person that I referred comes back and says, hey, Josh didn't call me back. He's, or, you know, he's being kind of a jerk to me, or then I'm never going to refer to that person again, because it hurt my relationship with the client to recommend you. So I'm not going to do that ever again. And I think he was maybe being a little, because, you know, people have bad days or they're busy or they're in court. And so there are times that you just can't call someone back. I don't think he literally meant if there's one tiny complaint, I'll never refer to you again. But what he was saying was, 
I'm not going to refer to someone who's making my life worse. And so I try to think about that. So when someone sends me a referral, I want to take really good care of that referral, be very responsive to them, uh, be very clear about what I'm going to do, and then follow through on that because I don't want to make the referral source look bad. They're not going to they're not going to keep referring to me if I if I make them look bad. As we get ready to wrap up, I guess I have one final question for you. How do you know when a referral relationship has run its course? Yeah, that's an interesting question because I don't, it's not like I have like an official list. Um, when someone hires me and they mention someone, I try to send that person sort of a thank you note and, and some appreciation in some way. But um, it's not like I have like formal referral relationships, like you agree to refer to, I, I never have that. So it's always very informal. Um, there's hopefully no coercion or pressure at all. And it's uh, totally at the discretion of the referral source. So if they choose not to refer to me, like that's their prerogative. Like I'm not going to ever, you know, ask them what changed or anything like that. Like that's their choice. I don't want them to feel pressured. So um, if the referral source feels like the the relationship has run its course, then that's 100% in their, in their control. Um, I've also noticed that I'm just really bad at building relationships with people I don't like. Like, I'm just not good at pretending that I like them, you know? So um, there are some people who have sent me referrals, and I just don't go enjoy going to lunch with them. And I used to feel kind of bad, like, oh, this person sent me a referral. Like, I have an obligation to maintain that relationship. And I realized, like, I don't have an obligation. I can I can choose who I want to spend time with. So um, if someone, uh, if it's not a good uplifting relationship, then I'm, I'm not going to force it. I'm not going to uh, force a relationship there. Um, it's, it's definitely in their control whether they're going to send me refer- referrals. And it's in my control how much time I want to spend with that person. And I just, I'm not going to make my life worse by spending time with someone I don't enjoy spending time with. Joshua Barring, Spire. I would like to thank you very much for visiting the Caribbean virtually and for some spending some time with us. <laughs> Thanks so much for having me, Colin. I, I really enjoy your posts on LinkedIn, and I'm glad that we met each other on LinkedIn. I don't think we've ever met in person, but I'm glad that we met digitally. Thank you for listening to the Legal Corner podcast series. For more information, please visit us at our Facebook or Instagram pages or send your comments to the Legal Corner Podcast at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you.